Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch, a church situated in Cape Town, South Africa. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that this will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. So look, look at Ephesians chapter 2. We're not get, this isn't what I want to share on tonight, but we'll get onto something. And um, I believe it's really going to encourage us all, not just this, but what's coming next, and especially for those online and in uh, what you're going through if you've got COVID or if you're just in isolation. But Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6, I love this. It says, And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, you know, it's saying that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And the raised up is something that happened the moment you received Jesus. It didn't happen after that. It happened when you received Jesus. You were automatically raised to a new life. That's what Romans 6 is talking about. How you died with Christ and now you've been raised with Christ to a new life. And so this new life that you've got, part of it is that you're now seated with Christ in heavenly places. And that is talking about authority. Okay, it's talking about you being in a place of authority. You've got a bird's eye view of things. Not a bird, a God's eye view of things. He's not a bird. You know, but, we're not a Hindu, right? <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't say things like that probably. But, you know, you, so you've got a, a bird's eye view. <laughs> At least it could have been much worse than a different thing, you know? So anyway, <laughs> I've done that before. But the point is, it's like we've got this authority. This God's eye view of things where, where we're not just having to be like ordinary people on the earth when they're confronted with COVID, you know, we can overcome these things. And I mean, you know, it, it, I was waiting until I got my results. I only got my results on Friday early evening and then I could shoot to start doing some ministry, dealing with some things that we had to deal with. But it's kind of like I, I was wanting to make a joke all week and I couldn't because I hadn't got my results yet. I didn't want to be the one that I was talking about and saying that now we're seeing who's got sin in their life. <laughs> and I just, so I, I love you guys online. If you, <laughs> But the point is, I know, I mean, I'm joking about that. I joke with my sons about that, you know, to make sure that they know that that's not why you get sick, because there's sin in your life. But the point is, is we're, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places and we can deal with things that attack us and come against us. And we're going to look at how, but look at Psalm 2, the book of Psalm chapter 2, for, uh, uh, um, before we get back to Ephesians. Psalm chapter 2, verse 4. I love this verse. Okay. It says, He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. Automatically when you read that, you think of God. But I've just shown you that you're seated in Christ in heavenly places. So, you're seated in heavenly places and should laugh. And I really believe that's like the best kind of warfare. Yeah, I, I've, I, I've come out of all sorts of different circles. Um, now I'm charismatic with the seatbelt. <laughs> but, I, 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 I've, you know, we've done the scene from the chandeliers and all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> but, so, I come from that. So, I understand that. And I understand spiritual authority and warfare and all that and spiritual mapping and what have you uh, uh, and I'm just enjoying my Christian life so much more now <laughs> that uh, I don't have to do all of that stuff um, my way of warfare is, is the same as you like let's just laugh because like, this is what the scripture is encouraging us to do we're seated in heaven so laugh 
You're looking at the, like this little problem. Like imagine it. God sees COVID and I think he sympathizes and, and his heart goes out. And I'm not uh, belittling it and how we face it. But if you look at it in terms of eternity, you look at having to go into isolation in terms of eternity. You look at having to, to get a, 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 a swab in, in, in light of eternity. It's like, wow, this is really nothing. And you can laugh about it. Yeah, this is my second swab. And it's horrible. It's horrible. I have to have two more in the next week, maybe. Not because I've got potential COVID, but with traveling. <laughs> you know, and so it's like, wow, this is amazing. I get the opportunity to have someone pick up my brains in a way that I would prefer not. Like, I prefer them asking me questions. But the point is, is that we can laugh at things like that because it's not so bad in light of eternity. Amen? Amen. We've got bigger things that we can focus on. Like, um, like it ended this week in, in a sense of, um, I love his, uh, how he's ready for it. I, I usually think about how that was an opportunity when the opportunity's passed. You know, it's like, wow, I should have said this and I should have done that. And he's just like, yo, this popcorn's free like the gospel's free. Wham, bam, you say it. It's like, <laughs> give me some of that. Like, <laughs> pray for me. <laughs> Lay your hands on me. You know, it's like, I wish it could work like that. But anyway, Ephesians chapter 1. It's all got to do with your focus. He, he was just more focused in on living in that place of being ready and, and on the mission than I was. I was probably just distracted at the, um, the, the men's conference with all the messages that I had to reply to with the COVID-related stuff and other stuff and, and uh, then you know, getting up to minister. And, and so I wasn't living in the moment when I had the opportunity. I was living in everything else I had to do. And we're all guilty of that to a degree. So don't think that I'm terrible. We're all terrible. <laughs> anyway, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16. Paul starts to pray. We, we've gone through a lot of different things here with uh, Ephesians so far. And, um, Ephesians chapter 1, verse uh, 16 onwards, he starts praying. This is We'll we look at his uh, second prayer in chapter 3 another time. But Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16, so he starts to pray for the believers. And... I love it because, like, we, we, we can, most of you know this stuff, like, he's not praying for something more. He's not praying that we would have more power. He's not praying that we would have more love, that we would have more of Jesus, that we'd have more of Holy Spirit, that we would have more money, that we'd have more whatever you want more of. He, he's, you know, he's praying that we would have a revelation. And, yeah, we, we kind of... Look at the problems in our country, we look at the problems in the world, we look at the problems in our life, and, you know, we think the Bible says we perish because the devil is so big. I wasn't planning to go into spiritual warfare, but we're there. So we, we kind of think that we, we're perishing because the devil's so big, because the devil's so strong, because of whatever. Generational curses, because of whatever. We think all of these things are the reason why we have problems, because of our environment. You know, we think we're, we're, we're perishing because of what, all of these things, but we perish because of a lack of knowledge. If you're seated with Christ in heavenly places, how close are you to the devil? <laughs> how close is the devil to you? Yeah, you're, 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 it's not Job's time where, where, where he was in and out of the, the devil was in and out of uh, God's presence to, to argue and all of that. It's, it's like now we're, we're, we're in a new covenant 
Where, where we've got um, uh, uh, the Christ in us, and we're in Christ, and we're seated in heavenly places, and we're not just trying to make do in this life. We've got authority, and we should use it. And Paul's praying that we would realize what we've got. I love it. See, he says, um, wherefore, verse 15, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and the love unto all the saints. I love that he's heard of the Ephesians' faith and of their love. Imagine having a reputation of faith and love. I, I, I really believe that that's, that should be our, uh, our reputation. And I think, I believe it is. I mean, yeah, I think, I don't know all the details, but uh, uh, one of the, the girls that got saved this week, I believe that that was something that possibly spurred it on, was seeing the love of the family in action, the family of God. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayer. So this is a prayer that he's continuously praying. Okay? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The easy to read version puts this and says, I always pray to the great and glorious Father, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that He will give you the Spirit who will let you know truths about God and help you understand them so that you'll know Him better. What I, why I'm, I'm reading it in, the, in that um, version is because we often read it in like other translations which say He wants to give us the Spirit of wisdom and the Spirit of revelation and then you end up believing that there's more than one Spirit. And there's one spirit, the Bible says. So this is talking about, it's better translated as in the spirit who gives you wisdom and revelation. And that's how easy to read uh, um, translates it and says, I always pray to the great and glorious Father, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that He will give you the spirit who will let you know truths about God and will help you understand them so that you can know Him better. What I love about this is that the purpose of this revelation is to know God better. Because that's the purpose of salvation. You know, the, the Holy Spirit's job is to reveal truth to us, not so that we can make lots of money. Like a lot of people use the Holy Spirit like a, um, I don't know, a genie. <laughs> Rub the lamp, make a wish. You know, it's, 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 that, that's not what He's for. He's not just your GPS. He can be. He wants to be part of your journey, but that's not all that He's there for. He wants you to have a revelation of what you've got so that you can know Him better. Okay, so that you can have this relationship with Him and, and you can enjoy this relationship with Him. Okay? And, and, and there's really a lot that we can say about this, this verse. So let me get into it a little bit. It says, Give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge. Okay? Now this knowledge, we often kind of just default to... Um, intellect. And it's, 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 it's not talking about intellect. Knowledge in the Greek there is epignosis. And epignosis is like any word is always defined by the context. Okay? And so the epignosis or the revelation that it's talking about here is of God. Is of Him. But it's, it's, it's a revelation which becomes part of you that it's something which isn't just head knowledge but it's life. That's what he's praying that we would experience, is an intimate knowing, not just an intellectual knowing, of what we've got. And this is what I believe yeah, will cause you not to be going nuts in isolation. 
or cause you not to go nuts if you do get diagnosed with something like COVID or, or something else, is to have that revelation and understanding of what you've got. Okay? Interestingly enough, this Greek word epignosis is not found anywhere else except in the epistles, the letters. Because it's, it, it wasn't there in the Gospels. This kind of revelation wasn't there. Because it can only come by the Spirit that we now have because of the death, resurrection, burial, the, the, the resurrection, the ascension, and the Pentecost of Christ. And because of all of that, now we can have an epignosis, a knowledge where we can intimately know God. Before that, you couldn't. You could know about Him. But the intimacy which we can have with God is far greater than what the, uh, the, the disciples could have in the Gospels. And what Moses and Elijah could enjoy. And what David could enjoy. And all of that. Because we have God now living in us. We're one with Him. They couldn't have that. The revelation which, which Paul's praying about here isn't something that you need to dream about. <laughs> it's something you can experience, but it, 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 it's something, or let me put it like this, you can't even get an understanding of it from a dream. You, know, you, you can't get an understanding of it from, from, from God speaking to you through a vision. It might, he might paint in the picture a little bit for you like that, but it comes directly from the, the Word. And so if you're wanting to know God more intimately, it, do, it happens through the Word. The Spirit revealing to you in the Word. Especially the epistles where it now starts to explain these things to us. Verse 18. He's praying that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened... That we might know the hope of His calling. What are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? I love this because He's, he's praying that we would know what we've already got. What we've got inside of us. You know, Paul's praying that we would have light thrown on our understanding. So that there would be no dark corners in our understanding. Okay, follow me here. Paul's praying that we would be enlightened, that light would be shine in our understanding so that there are no dark corners, no shadows. And if you go now back to, to uh, uh, Corinthians, which we're going to have to do now, so could, <laughs> uh, Corinthians, not Corinthians, sorry, Colossians. Chapter 2. And if you go to verse um, 16, 17. It says, So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink, or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon celebrations or Sabbaths, for these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ Himself is that reality. So the law and everything the law contained was a shadow. And the way that the, 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 in the old, old times, old, old Testament, people worshipped, even in the Gospels, the way that people worshipped God until there was Christianity, was in shadows. And now Paul's praying uh, that, that we would be enlightened, that we would have light cast in our minds so that there are no shadows. Why? And, and, and this helps us to... Growing, knowing Him. Why? 
Because you can't know Him properly while you're attached to shadows. You can't know God properly. You can't have intimacy with Him while you're having intimacy with shadows, the law. Okay, while, while, we're, while we're concerned with, let's just look at what verse 16 says. While we're concerned with what we eat and what we drink, about celebrating certain holy days and new moon ceremonies and Sabbaths, Everything that the law contains, you know, when we read um, Colossians, we read Galatians, we read Ephesians even, one of the main issues that Paul's bringing up is circumcision and how they thought that circumcision was necessary to have a relationship with God. And Paul's praying in Ephesians now, where we are, he's praying that, that we would have an understanding that light would be shone in our understanding so that there's no more shadows. Okay, because the shadows are preventing us from enjoying the fulfillment of our relationship with Him. As long as you're holding on to shadows, you won't see the power of God manifested in your life. As long as you're holding on the shadow, it will always be limited. Now, there's many legalistic people who see miracles. <laughs> it always boggles my brain, but they see them. Praise God for His grace. No one's perfect. Yeah, except us. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But it's like we've all got problems. But the, the, you know, we all have a, a things that we we think we're right in, and then we realize we're not. I mean, I, I I've, I've uh, made mistakes, and and even in, in, in my understanding of the word, and then I'm like, well, you know what? <laughs> I was wrong. Let me let me adjust that. Yeah, you know, because because we we only know what we know, right? So you, you'll never know everything. But the point is, is that we want. A, a, a light cast in our hearts and in our minds that we don't have, we're not engaging with shadows, but we're engaging with God. <clears throat> so we're having light thrown onto the shadows, so there's no more darkness in our minds concerning the knowledge we have of Christ, because you can't know Christ through the law. You can only know Him through the Spirit. Obviously the Word, but the Spirit and the Word. There's people who study the Bible, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the living word, Christ, who never contradicts the written word. But so often, you know, people go and study the Bible for seven, nine years, or whatever it is, and then it's like they come out deader than they went in. Or atheist. You know, because it, it, it's not a knowledge to have a relationship with Christ. Now this, it says the hope of His calling. What is the hope of His calling? I believe the hope of His calling is the riches of the glory of His inheritance. Where is this? Where is the riches of the glory of His inheritance? It's not in heaven. Okay? The riches of the glory of His inheritance. Are you ready for it? It's not in anointing oil. <laughs> it's not in holy oil or water. Okay? It's not in the man or woman of God up front, the prophet, the whatever. Okay? It's in the saints. And we, that was the first uh, 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 um, teaching that I gave on Ephesians here, was that, that, that you know, it, it, we're all saints. God sees us as saints, holy ones, most holy things. Okay? So when we pray, because this inheritance is, is inside of us, Colossians 1.27 Christ in us the hope of glory. Because of this inheritance that we've got, because it's inside of us, it's not somewhere out there, when we pray, we shouldn't be focusing in on somewhere down there or somewhere up there. 
We should be focusing on what we've got inside of us and realizing that it's already part of us. Because the riches of His glorious inheritance are already ours. Amen? So, so you know, we, we, we have looked at it, but what is the inheritance? It's not gold, it's not diamonds, it's not money. Look at Galatians 3.18. Galatians 3.14 and then 18, let's say. 14 says... Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing He promised to Abraham, so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. So this is the promise, and this is what the previous verse is talking about. This is the inheritance. It's the promise of the Holy Spirit by faith. Not the Holy Spirit by your goodness, your holiness, your good efforts, or whatever. But the promise of the Spirit by faith. What we've got to see is that this Holy Spirit is God Himself in us. Verse 18. Go down, scroll down, page over, whatever you're doing. Verse 18. For if the inheritance could not, uh, sorry, could be received by keeping the law, then it would not be the result of accepting God's promise. So when we accept God's promise, let's say salvation by faith, by grace through faith, then what happens is it results in the inheritance. Okay? And we get this inheritance, which is the Holy Spirit. Okay? So let's go on to Ephesians chapter 1, now verse 19. That was verse 18. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us who do believe, according to the working of His mighty power? Now this is, this is what I want to focus on mostly right now uh, for our time together. And that is, is that it says, it, it, it's describing the Holy Spirit that's in you. Okay? I know he doesn't think like this, but just because Michael's third year Bible college doesn't mean he's got more of this, this Holy Spirit we're talking about. Just because uh, uh, Etienne's a, a pastor or I'm a pastor doesn't mean we've got more of this. You know, every single one of us, if we've believed, and we've received Jesus, then we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That's what it says back a few verses in verse uh, 13. It says, we've, the moment we believe, we were sealed with this, this Holy Spirit of promise. Okay, go back. Look at it. In whom ye also trusted, verse 13. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also, after that ye believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And now that you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, in verse 19, he starts to describe that Holy Spirit of promise that you've got. Okay? This is every single believer. Paul's explaining what we've got, and he's praying that we would have a revelation of what we've got. Why? Because it's going to result in a fruitful life. Okay? We all want a fruitful life. Now, fruit includes, like a, a, a Ben was talking about, having love that you just ask someone how they're doing. That's fruit. We often overlook that kind of fruit and think of fruit in terms of power. <laughs> you know, you want to you wanna see someone healed or whatever. You know, we, think of power, we think of fruit like that, where you want to see the blind eyes open. That's included. But don't neglect love. Lots of people, you know, uh, uh, want to go out and heal, heal. There was a guy when I was in Bible school. 
was amazing. He, he, he was third year when I was first year. And I, I, I liked him. He's a nice guy and everything. But, but he seemed to be very militant about we're going out in the streets and we're going to pray for the sick and we're going to get them healed. And It's kind of like if I had, um, uh, 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 um, if I was sick and I encountered him, I would rather not <laughs> encounter him. Because there wasn't much love in the moment. It was more like, uh, we're going to deal with this sickness. And I appreciate that. You know, sickness should be dealt with aggressively. But don't deal with me aggressively. <laughs> you know? like, like, be kind to the person who's, who's got the sickness. You know, be loving. And then deal with the, 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 the sickness. But so often it's kind of like the, the, the focus is not you and me wanting to minister to you. The focus is me wanting to see some results. I want to see miracles. You know, when asking someone, how are you doing? Are you well? Isn't like, what benefit do you get from that? Com- compared to, do you have any pain in your body? Can I pray for you? <laughs> Sorry, my name's Shane. What's your name? <laughs> you know, like, like, uh, I appreciate people with that kind of boldness, but a lot of the time there's no love in it. And anything without the motivation of love is useless, Paul said. Didn't use those words, but he should have. <laughs> he said it's a, a what's a clanging, clanging, what? Clanging symbol. But now in verse 19, listen to, to what's inside of you. He describes it and says, What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? So, firstly, I want to say it's, it's to those who believe, it's not to those who fast and pray. Even when you haven't prayed up, you've got this. Even if you've never fasted, you've got this. Even if you don't get sprinkled with holy oil, you've got this. <laughs> Even if you're not that special in your own eyes, you've got this. Look at how the passion puts this. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is, this is God's desire for us, that we would have an understanding of the Holy Spirit in us, that we're one with Him, so that as we understand this and experience it, we'll be a walking billboard. How many of you have, a bull, have ever had a billboard shout at you? Like literally. Figuratively, maybe. But not like, like sometimes it's just like, wow, this thing's just shouting at me. It's just like in my face. But I'm talking about like vocally. Like you're driving down the N1 and all of a sudden it's shouting out, Dylan, Dylan, look at me, buy me, whatever. It's like it doesn't do that. Okay? It doesn't do that. Has it happened? (laughs) I was wondering if I'm hitting a nerve there. But the point is, is like you won't have to go and shout at people about Jesus. If you're a billboard, if you're a walking advertisement, you know, there's some products that you have to be convinced to purchase, right? <laughs> and sometimes they can do a good job and sometimes you're just gullible. <laughs> but the best products are the products that they didn't even really need to market because you were just like, I want that, whatever that is. They could just kind of start hinting at it and it's like, wow, I don't, don't stop it, I just want that, give it to me. <laughs> Can't think of anything right now. But you, you know what I'm talking about. You know, if it's a good advertisement, you want in. 
I mean, if someone comes back from a, 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 a having a nice dinner with their, their date, with their wife, or their girlfriend, or boyfriend, or whatever, you know, they come back and they're like, um, you are, how was that restaurant? Oh, just fine. You're not going to jump to go there. <laughs> You're not going to be like, wow, I want to go there now. But if they're like, that was amazing. You're going to make a plan to go there. I mean, we, we had that, you know, when, when Michael heard that it was a birthday week for the Holsgrove household, he told Marvin and the boys about, what's the name of the place? Gibson. Gibson's and the milkshakes and all this. And so we weren't, we didn't need convincing. We went. Nobody had a milkshake. <laughs> we were all too full from the burger, which the boys didn't finish. <laughs> but the point is, it's like, we were like, we're going here. At first they would have sung to us in the <laughs> We did that the day before anyway. But the point is, it's like the advertisement was enough. Okay? Like sometimes we don't need convincing. Let, your life, the fruit of your life is what should be convincing people. And the fruit in your life doesn't come by you trying. How many of you have tried to be a better person? Some people should try. Amen? <laughs> But the point is, is that no matter how hard they try, it's not going to be easy. Because the Holy Spirit is the, does the transformation. We've got to renew our minds to be able to experience this transformation. It's, it's the power of the Spirit. Renewing our minds to who we've got. Not renewing our minds to trying to do things differently. That's part of it. But so often... We take Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, and, you know, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and we make it into a, a legalistic, empty exercise of, you've got to change your way of thinking. And I agree with that. But, what are you changing your thinking to? Is it in the flesh? Now you're just doing self-control, trying to make sure that you're thinking right. A, a Muslim can do that. A Hindu can do that. A Buddhist can do that. They can change their thinking and change their life. So what's the difference between you and an unbeliever who's changing their, their way of thinking so that they can change their life? Is what you're changing your thinking towards. You're changing your thinking towards a, a revelation of Christ in you. The empowering of the Spirit in you to be able to live a victorious, fruitful life. Colossians 3, 1, 2, and 3 says you know, that we shouldn't be seeking things below, we should be seeking things above, where Christ is seated on the right hand of God. So we should have a heavenly focus. We should be focused on things above, not on things below. And this verse is showing us that we should have a revelation of the Spirit inside of us. A revelation is not talking about just a, oh, I know about that. It's talking about a consciousness and an awareness where it's your default now. You know this because it's who you are. Okay? So as we come to realize this and have this revelation, it will start to transform us and it'll, the transformation will cause us to be walking advertisements for Jesus. Where people will be like, there's something different about you. you know, the, the, a testimony jumps into my mind on this. And, and uh, it's an interesting one. Hopefully it will work out. But <laughs> a few years back we went, um, a couple of people in, in Grace Life Ministry School put some money together to bless Martin and I, I think on our first or second wedding anniversary. I can't remember what it was. And... Um, and a friend of mine gave us a list of restaurants and said, you know, you, you need to go to one of these restaurants. I've never heard of them in Cape Town. You know, they were nice sounding ones. Uh, and so we kind of looked at them and we chose one and we went. 
And, um, you know, it's, it's our anniversary, so we're like, this is fun. We, we stayed at the waterfront uh, for the night, and I was like, this is amazing. Let's go to this place. And they had a nice, uh, I think, like, swing band or something like that. It was, it was nice. And um, we, we uh, 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 would have had, like, maybe a glass of wine or something, but I just felt like she didn't feel like it. I was like, I don't feel like it. I really feel like God saying, don't have. That's weird. You know, I've never had that before. So it was just like, don't, don't, let's not have it. And so then the waitress comes and offers us wine. And we're like, no, thank you. It's fine. We, you know, we, we, we were just like some apple ties or grape ties or whatever ties it was. And then, you know, the, 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 the meals come and we're having a good time and whatever. And, and then um, when the bull comes, you know, I'm, I'm busy just praying. And I'm, I feel like a word of, of encouragement on my heart for the waitress. And, and so as we, 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 we're finishing, I thought, let me rather finish the bill and then I'll give her the word. <laughs> so I finished the bill and then I, 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 I tipped nicely, because, especially because I'm about to give her <laughs> a, 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 a word of encouragement from the Lord. And I give her the, 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 the thing closed and whatever. And I said, you know, I just want to encourage you X, Y, and Z. And I just believe God's saying this to you. And, and she was like, I knew you guys were Christians. The moment that you wouldn't order wine, I knew that you were Christians. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. Now that's a fruitfulness. The fruitfulness of a relationship with God. Like, He spoke to our hearts. We were like, you know what, we could have wine, but we don't want it. We feel like we shouldn't, so let's just not do it. And in that moment, like we weren't missing out on anything, except a very expensive glass of wine. You know, but, but the point was, was like, it witnessed to this lady. And she was going through a rough time. And we chatted for a while. The next Sunday she came to church. Eventually she, she ended up in internship. Her whole life radically changed. Okay? And, and it's all because of a walking billboard, Marma and Shane, where God was able to speak to our hearts and because we're transformed and we're treating people nicely and we're asking how are you or whatever, we, hey, we want to encourage you. All of a sudden, doors of opportunity are opening for the gospel. Yeah, when we're at that restaurant, not once did we go, POW! <laughs> not once did we like see her fall over. Praise God. You know? But it comes from having an understanding of this. Verse 19 again. What is the exceeding greatness? Now if we look at these descriptive words that Paul uses in the Greek, it's powerful. Okay? The, the, the word for exceeding is an interesting Greek, Greek, Greek word you can look up and pronounce yourself. But it means to throw beyond the usual mark. To throw beyond the usual mark. So this power that you have inside of you is more than enough for what you need, what, what need faces you. Okay? The power inside of you throws beyond the mark, beyond the usual mark of expectation. COVID, for example. The power of the Spirit in you is far greater than COVID. But fear will stifle that. Well, we don't wear masks and, and ask, you know, and do all of that type of thing because we're in fear. We're doing it because it, it, it sets a good example, because it's the right thing to do, etc., etc., etc. But if we were to get COVID, it's like we'll deal with it. We've already seen everybody who, who, who's, who's had uh, been diagnosed positive, 
we think that their, their symptoms vanish quick. You know, it, it, it took, I don't know how, I can't remember, two weeks for, for me to overcome it in January. And, and I thought, you know, it, it felt like I was dying. And it was horrible. And I think I had a fever for a week. So it was really bad. But at the same time, we're seeing people over, like, like ministering to them and they coming over in a day or two. <laughs> nope, no symptoms. Praise God. Let me know if anything changes. We'll pray for you. You know, it's like, that's awesome. You know? and, and it's a thing of, of this power, awakening to the reality of, of Christianity, which is every single one of us as Christians has this power inside of us which goes beyond the usual mark. Okay? And what is the exceeding? The, the power that goes beyond the usual mark. Then the word greatness is talking about magnitude. Magnitude sounds much better than greatness in my, in my books. So this, the magnitude of this power goes beyond the usual mark. The magnitude of this power goes beyond the usual mark. And it says, greatness of His power. Now this, this, this really got me excited when I looked at the word power. Because in the Greek it's dunamis. Which is the exact same word used to describe the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You will receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Word dunamis means supernatural miracle working ability. You will receive supernatural miracle working ability. The moment that you receive Jesus, you've got the supernatural miracle working ability of Christ in you. And you need to awaken to that revelation so that you can start to operate in that. Because it says, according to the working of His mighty, mighty power. It, 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 it doesn't work in you if, you're not, if it's not working. It's in you, but is it working through you? One of the ways that it works is uh, shown to us in Philemon, or Philemon, we're in South Africa, so we should say Philemon. Philemon, verse uh, 6, says that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Okay? So now, we need to awaken to this power of the Spirit that's in us. Okay? How do we do that? How do we get this power that's in us working? We want to see, it says the communication of your faith may become effectual. We want our faith to become effectual. Okay? I, I like this. It says the communication of your faith. Often we think the communication of our faith is, I want to tell you about the Lord. Let me tell you about Jesus. This is the gospel. And that includes it. Okay? Communication of your faith in that regard, it becomes effectual only when you start to recognize who you've got inside of you. It's easier for you to share your faith, communicate your faith, communicate the gospel, when you are convinced of who's inside of you. And so often, I've been on lots of evangelism courses, none of them told me that. They all tell you, you know, uh, get a napkin and a piece of, and a paper, I mean, and a pen, and draw this diagram. Because it's easier to share the gospel like this. And praise God for gimmicks like that. <laughs> they work. But the point is, is it becomes easier when you've got a confidence because you know who's in you. So it does include that, but the, we communicate, we share our faith. Another translation says that the sharing of your faith may become effectual. 
How do we share our faith? It's not just through the words of the, uh, of the gospel, which is great. But it's a, I see that you're sick. Can I minister to you? That's sharing our faith to help someone receive from the power of the Spirit. You know? Sharing of our faith includes you see someone's not looking so happy today. And you go over to them and you encourage them. And you reach out to them in love. And you minister to them. That's sharing your faith. Communicating your faith. But that happens when we acknowledge every good thing that is in us in Christ Jesus. So because you're in Christ Jesus, you've got the good thing in you. You've got Christ in you. The hope of glory. And He's a a, a dunamis, a power that goes beyond the usual mark. The magnitude of the power of the Spirit in you goes beyond the usual mark. Now, if we look at Christianity as a whole, worldwide, <laughs> nobody believes this. Most, m- most people don't seem to believe this. Most people, you know, their, their view of Christianity, even their Christianity, is weak, powerless, and pathetic. It's just a mental ascent. To, to, to kind of have a different system of life so that one day when we get to we can get to heaven, but also just that we can be better people on this earth. At the men's conference, it fits in well here, so let me share this. We, we had a testimony. Uh, we had two speakers, uh, uh, myself and, and Peter from Stellenbosch spoke, and then we had um, a pastor friend of mine from Bontiel come. Anyone know where Bontiel is? <laughs> So we had this guy come, and uh, uh, he brought his son in the faith with him to share his testimony. Okay? And his testimony is at the age of, it was like 17, I think. Uh, 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 16, 17, he, he, he started getting into gangs. This is probably about 20 years ago. He got into gangs, and uh, he did everything that was necessary to be done to get to the top. And he got there before anybody else. And, and he, people were older than him, but he was above them. Because he wasn't scared to do whatever was necessary. Including kill a couple people. So he, he did it all. And then, yeah, through a, a series of miraculous things and whatever, he just, he received Jesus. And after uh, uh, living a life as a gangster like that, all of a sudden now his life has transformed. And obviously no one believed that. They thought that it's just a good kind of ticket out. And so the other gangs were still hunting him down. And he got shot at a couple times and he ended up in hospital and he survived that. And when he came out, they were like, you know, we, we're going to, uh, uh, he's going to come and get us. Because he was the toughest guy around. And he didn't. He just said, I've been forgiven. I, I, I forgive you. And he's friends with a lot of the gangs and everything still. But he just doesn't do that anymore. He, 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 he's a changed man. Why? It, 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 he, one of the powerful things is, is that he said, he always thought Christianity was just a concept. His family was Christians. He thought it was just like a concept that you receive this concept and now you have a different life. That's how many people see Christianity. But we receive the gospel when you realize it's a person. When you, re- when you realize that it's, it's life. And it didn't just become a set of rules he had to follow or a different lifestyle. It became life to him. And it transformed him radically. Life wasn't perfect from then on, but it changed him radically. 
Okay? And what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe according to the working of His mighty power which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come. This power, verse 19... It's shown in verse 20 that it was wrought in Christ when he was raised from the dead. This is the genesis, the beginning of this power is in the resurrection. And what I'm trying to show you is how special you are as a Christian. Because this power wasn't available in the Old Testament. This power wasn't available in the Gospels. There was power. But this power had its origin in the resurrection and now this power lives inside of you. And the church hasn't woken up to this, largely. There's pockets opening up to it. But we've got to have a revelation of this so we can start to be the glorious church and so that people will will look at us and go, wow, God must be there. And I'm not talking about a service. (laughs) I'm talking about a people. The other thing I like about this is it says, if you read through here, it says this, this, this power which was wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this, it's not talking about politics. It's not talking about government. It's talking about kingdom. The power of the Spirit isn't for politics. It can influence politics. It can influence every sphere of society. But its primary purpose is for the kingdom of God. Not in the, 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 the system of the world, but in God's system. God's economy. And we're in this world, but we're not of it. We're, we're of a higher kingdom. And so we should realize that whilst we're here and we're submitted to the authorities and all of that type of stuff, they are not submitted to us because we're above only in opinion. <laughs> we can't go and call the shots with them. Our kingdom is not of this world. I mean, Jesus said that. His kingdom is not of this world. And so, you know, we shouldn't get too upset when things are going wrong in the nation. Yes, we should, we should change things, we should pray and whatever. But the way that we, we change a nation is by transforming hearts through the preaching of the gospel. When people receive it, it changes them. Their their life then changes. One notorious gang member off the streets because he received the gospel. And now he's impacting many others in, in that area. Called to the ministry. Preaching the gospel. The message of grace. And seeing people's lives transformed because he realizes who he's got. And he's trying to make a difference. How? By changing people's hearts. You know, we, we need to awaken to this revelation of, of Christ in us, Jesus in us. But it's difficult if you see yourself as broken. It's difficult if you see yourself as incomplete. It's difficult if you, you're looking at yourself and you're like, well, I'm not really good enough for this. This is for the super dupers. Like Etienne. You know, if you kind of put someone else on a pedestal, 
prophet so-and-so and bishop whatever. You know, it's not maybe all of our culture here tonight, but it's like that, that's the large problem in, in, in the world. We glorify individuals who are well protected and have good marketing campaigns and still have to put their legs, their, their pants on one leg at a time. You know, they don't float around in the house. They have to wash the dishes. And use leaf paper at times. Like, it's amazing. We think these people are beyond us. But it's like the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living in every believer. Not just the super dupers. And so we've got to start to see ourselves as Christ sees us. Look at Colossians 2. My last verse, verse 10. And you are complete in Him which is the head of all principality and power. You are complete in Him. Look at the the New Living Translation says it like this. So you are also complete through your union with Christ. What makes you as a believer complete, perfect, lacking nothing? Your union with Christ. Okay? Your oneness with Him. We spoke about oneness last week. Your oneness with Christ is what makes you complete. You need to see yourself as complete. You need to see yourself as perfect in Him. God sees you like that. But what God sees of you means nothing if you don't see it. You need to see what God sees in order to see it happen in your life like that. Because you won't experience wholeness, you won't experience completeness unless you allow it in your life. But it's waiting for you to receive it. And the way that we have that oneness is through our union with Christ. John chapter 15 speaks about our union with Christ. I'm the the branch, I'm the vine, you are the branches, Jesus speaking. We have a union with Him where the life of the vine is in the branch. And the fruitfulness in our lives is because of the Christ in us. Us being attached to the vine. Isn't that divine? We've got to see ourselves as complete in Him. Complete because of our union with Him. Not because of something we did. But because of someone we believe. For a long time, I thought I was complete because... Step one. Step two, step three, or whatever. You know, like, like we, we, we think we're complete because we fasted. We think we're complete because we sang in the right key or the wrong key. Yeah. We, 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 we think we're complete because we... <clears throat> yes, uh, um, it's easy to use other people as examples and other sects of Christianity. Amen? So let's talk about other people for a moment. Yeah, yeah it's like those people... <laughs> Otherwise you get upset because they use your examples. Yeah, but, but it's like if you have, like what's it, uh, in, in, um, I think it's in Brazil, you've got uh, parts of Catholicism, it's very Catholic there, where they'll have broken glass and they'll walk on for, for, for like miles on end on hands and elbows and uh, elbows and knees. You can't do hands and elbows. Uh, but there's like, you know, two, and, and they're walking on broken glass because they feel like they, they, they need to pay penance. They're complete when they do something. Or you get people who literally go through crucifixion. They, they go on a cross because they feel like they're not complete without that. Or you, you know, Christians who think, I'm not complete unless the man of God puts his hand on me. 
to impart some special blessing to me. Or whatever the, the, the thing is that you, you, you're going for. We've got to see that, hey, I'm complete because of my faith in Christ. Uh, and my, when I'm, I feel like I'm not strong in faith, I'm still complete. Because I've got the Spirit of God in me. I'm one with Him. One with Him. You know, 1 Corinthians 6.17 Anyone who's joined to the Lord is one Spirit with Him. You are one with Him. Now, yeah, it's easy to, to, to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. Because you realize I'm one with Him. I've got that power. I just need to look to it. Look to Him in me. Awaken to that reality. It's easy to encourage someone. Because you're like, the encourager lives in me. It's easy to minister healing to someone. Because the healer lives in me. I do not lack power. I lack boldness. I, I, I lack the, the, the unction to just step out and go... Use words of boldness and words of authority to release the power that's inside of me. Whenever you lack boldness, you've got to realize that it's because you lack an understanding. Praying for boldness won't help you. Pray for a revelation of what you've got and then you'll start to have a boldness. Some people are praying, God help me to witness to this person that I love so much. You know, and, and it's like, that's nice. I'm sure God's saying, that's very nice, I like that. You know, well done. I want you to witness to them too. But, a better prayer is, God help me see what's inside of me, know you more, and awaken to the revelation of the Spirit of God in me, so that I will, will, will start to communicate this faith. So that I will start to bear fruit of this faith. So that I will start to, to, to just overflow. And be a, a billboard for Jesus. You know, Father, I, I, I thank you that we all have this power inside of us. Just begin in your, own, in your own way just to thank Him for that power in your heart. And just close your eyes and, and recognize the Spirit of God that's in you. Recognize God Himself in you. You're one with Him. You're one with this power, this magnitude which exceeds the normal expectation, the normal mark. Whatever challenge you're facing, whether it's health, whether it's emotional, whether it's relational, you've got power that exceeds the demand. You've got an answer which exceeds the demand. Holy Spirit, open our eyes that we would see the inheritance that we've got. That we would know this power that we've got. That we would be bold because we understand, we see it. We know that we are carriers of the kingdom. We are carriers of the king. And wherever we go, we carry hope. We carry a, a, a power which is available at any moment and any time to be able to minister life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Now, there's two more things I want to say. Number one, when you, when, you, when you listen to this, and when you meditate on this, this power that you've got, all of a sudden, the problem that you have seems very insignificant. So it's like if you've got a challenge, meditate on the power of God that's in you and available to you. 
Because it's nothing, like whatever your challenge is, it's nothing compared to what, who's living inside of you. That's the first thing I want to say. The second thing I want to say was, um, two years ago, I think it was, a year and a half ago or so, um, we were driving on our way back from Stellenbosch Church on, on Sunday morning, and we got to an off-ramp, and right in front of us, this woman jumped a robot and hit a, um, what's the local Amazon? <laughs> take a lot. Not the, <laughs> take a lot guy off his, his motorbike. And we were standing there, thankfully the boys didn't see this, but you know, this guy went flying like this, and he landed like this, you know, on the, the, the um, all twisted on the, um, the tar. And we were like, Martin, I was like, did I just see that? And I was like, did I just see that? Like, that, that's crazy. Like, you know, and so we pulled off, and on the, there was a little island that we parked on, and other people also jumped out, and, and Martin stayed in the car with the boys, and I went there, and Ashamed, this guy had a friend following him, and the friend straight, straight away went and picked him up, and was like, "Yeah, you okay? Are you okay?" And it's like, "You, this, you should just leave him. <laughs> like, don't, don't move him. He may have broken everything. You know, that's how bad it looked. And it's like, uh, uh, I mean, his shoes went flying off of him, even, and his helmet, obviously, everything. And so he was just lying there, and there was a little bit of blood, well, blood and all that. But yeah, uh, uh, he was sitting then on the pavement, but like flipping out, kind of thing, having a fit." And uh, uh, I just right away like put my arm around him and just started speaking in, and, and saying in the name of Jesus, whatever I said, I said it. And um, I spoke peace to him and the, the seizure that it seemed like he was having stopped instantly. And then everything else like started to come around and he, his eyes were kind of going up a bit and he was kind of not there. And then all of a sudden uh, uh, I was asking him questions like, what's your name, you know, things like that. And he wasn't there and I was praying again. And I, I looked at him and I said, you know, you're going to live and you're not going to die. You're going to declare the works of the Lord. I was just like ministering to him. And he came back and he was fine. And the ambulance came and, and uh, it took him. And then I contacted Take A Lot and I found you know, out if he was okay. And, and he was perfectly fine. You know, and it's not me, it's just me realizing what I had in that moment that could help in that situation. Do I stop at every accident scene? No. Because usually I'm not there when it happens. And they're already busy. And it's difficult to interrupt them. But I was there before anyone else. So I could interrupt. In that moment, we were able to help because we were awakened to who was in us in that moment. And even my mom was like, go. You know, and she waits in the car and with the boys and once he was gone then we got into the car and the car battery was flat. <laughs> You're expecting some nice story to end it, but you know, we had to have a tow truck. Yeah, I mean push us. But the awesome thing is, is the power of God in me could minister to that man. We can have someone charge up We can realize who is God. Amen. If you're ever in the Cape Town area, we want to invite you to come fellowship with us at one of our life groups or Sunday gatherings. You can find out more about Grace Life Rondebosch via email at info at gracelife.co or check us out on our Facebook page, Grace Life Rondebosch.